0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast series, Creditor's Corner Legal Talk, presented by Smith-Debenham Attorneys at Law, where we explore a range of legal topics impacting the financial services sector. Please be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. My name is Karen Enlow, and I'm an attorney in the firm's Consumer Financial Services Litigation and Compliance Group. I'll be your moderator today. Today's topic is Title Reformation and Curative Actions, and we'll be discussing defects in title which affect the title to real property and how they can be cured. Before we begin, I want to note that the information provided in this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, any and all information shared is for general informational purposes only. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. With that out of the way, let's now turn our attention to this week's topic. With us today is Jeff Rogers. Jeff is a partner at Smith-Debenham and leads the firm's foreclosure and real estate litigation practice. Welcome, Jeff. Hello, Karen. How are you today?
1: I am doing great, hope you are.
0: I am. What a very exciting topic we have. It is an exciting topic. So today we're gonna talk about defects um, discovered in recorded documents affecting the title to real property how those defects are discovered, and how they can be corrected. So when we talk about that, the very first question I have just right out of the gate, and I'm sure our listeners also have it, is what are we talking about when we say reformation and quiet title?
1: Well, they're often used interchangeably, but there is some slight difference to them. Uh, Both of those are means in which the court can correct the title to a piece of real estate. Um, So when you file a lawsuit to collect, to correct a title to real estate, and that's typically what you have to do is to file a lawsuit and ask the court to uh, declare something to either declare somebody to be the owner of the real estate, declare somebody to have a lien on the property. Uh, And this is usually because there is something wrong either with the title to the property or with a particular document in the title so when we talk about reformation and quiet title, reformation is actually correcting a document, reforming a document. And that document could be a deed or a deed of trust, but you're asking the court to change that document to reflect something else that was it was supposed to have reflected to start with. Quiet title is a little bit different uh, because the documents in the chain of title may be perfectly valid, but the way in which they are recorded, perhaps, uh, might make the owner of the piece of property, uh, we may call it into question. So, a uh, quiet title is, is not necessarily changing or revising any, anything, it's asking the court to determine something. And usually that determination is who owns this property, who has a lien on this property, uh, that type stuff. So Reformation is uh, correcting a document, and quiet title is having the court determine uh, what the chain of title to a piece of property actually is.
0: So are these declaratory judgment <laughs> actions that are filed usually?
1: They are. Uh, you're, you're In either case, either reformation or quiet title, you are asking the court to declare something, either to correct a, a defective document through a reformation and declare that that document intended d- did what it intended to do. And in a quiet title action, you're asking the court to declare that uh, somebody either owns a piece of property or somebody has a lien on a piece of property. Uh, so, yes, they are they are both declaratory judgment actions.
0: So when you get a declaratory judgment in those cases, do you, do you then file it with the register of deans?
1: You do. I mean, there's just two 2 step process. Uh, one is that you get the court to declare whatever it is uh, that you were asking the court to declare. And then you take that judgment or that order from the court and record it with the register of deeds and the recording of the register of deeds um, uh, corrects the 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 issued the title defect of record.
0: Well, I know that this is something that you do a lot of um, and I'm just wondering kind of what are some of the common defects that that come up? Give me some examples of what's common um, common issues that come up with a reformation.
1: Well, they they range a gamut Um, um, it could be, um, it could be a defective signature on an instrument. Uh, it could be a missing signature on an instrument. Um, or, uh, it could be something as fatal as just the the flat out wrong legal description on an instrument. Um, so, you know, it, it, and a lot of times if it's a quiet title action, the, the the documents are, are. Perfectly fine, but it may be that the way those documents were have, were recorded with the register of deeds. Um, so, you know, common defects that it 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 ranges from something that is relatively easily fixed to something that makes the document completely invalid. For instance, in North Carolina, if you have a valid an invalid notary acknowledgment. Uh, The case law and the statute say that that uh, invalid, that that basically means you have no notary at all. And if a document has to be notarized and you have no notary, that document is invalid on its face. So uh, a lot of times we may see situations where uh, it's a defective notary. The notary did not uh, put their stamp or the notary did not sign the document. Uh, In in certain in those circumstances, that is a fatal flaw that has to be um, corrected or your instrument is invalid.
0: So how are I mean, are these things these aren't things I think would come up in everyday life where I go, oh, my gosh, I just realized we didn't notarize this document. Right. How do these normally come up?
1: Well, you're right. Uh, Most of the time these come up when you have some reason to look back at the chain of title or to look back at the documents uh, after the loan is made. And that's usually going to be in two situations. One, if the, um, if the property is being sold and a closing attorney is searching title for the purchaser, and uh, in that title search, they determine that there is something invalid with the document or something that makes the the actual title to the property um, in question. Uh, Another way that it happens is when you have to foreclose and that's usually when I determine those things for my clients. Um, Loan falls in arrears, uh, it's in arrears for three or four months, five months, client decides to foreclose, they send it to me, Uh, I do a title update and I determine that there is something wrong with a document in the chain of title. But you're exactly right, I mean, if, if neither one of those two things um, occur, uh, you know, you may never discover the defect in, 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 the, in the instrument or in the title.
0: In the foreclosure context, Does that hold up the foreclosure if there's a title defect? I guess the question is what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you have to clear up the title and then foreclose?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. I mean, particularly if you're trying to determine um, whether or not you have a valid lien on the property, one of the things that you have to prove when you foreclose is that the lender has a valid lien uh, on the property. Um, and if that deed of trust is defective in some way, you're creating a, a defense uh, to that foreclosure. Um, so you have to go correct it. You have to go and 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 reform that deed of trust to make it uh, a valid lien on the property. Uh, and if you if you do that and you record that, then it's as if that deed of trust was valid from the time that it was recorded because that's one of the things that you ask the court to do. And case law says that when a court reforms an instrument, they can reform it back to the date in which it was originally recorded. Um, Because you got to remember the courts um, don't, the, 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 the courts want to put people in the position that they should be in. The courts do not favor um, somebody being unjustly enriched or unjustly benefited by a mutual mistake of the parties. And so if, if, if a lender um, has a deed of trust uh, prepared and prepares it uh, for signature by a party, by a, a borrower, and for some reason or another, the, the notary does not properly notarize that document, that is a mistake that is mutual to both parties. And in a situation like that, the courts are inclined to correct an instrument so that it will uh, reflect the intent of the parties to that instrument. The courts don't like um, people being benefited by them by mistake. So if you can show to the court that somebody intended to grant you uh, ownership of this property or somebody intended to grant you a lien on this property, the courts are more than likely going to correct that instrument, but a lot of times you don't discover that defect until several years after the loan documents are signed, and that's usually because either a closing is about to occur or foreclosure is about to occur.
0: So it sounds like these are actions in equity. Is that right?
1: Um, they they are reformation is a uh, is an equitable remedy. It, it is. Uh, taking a defective instrument for whatever reason and declaring that and fixing that instrument to reflect what it was intended to reflect. And that is a, that is a um, um, equitable remedy um, that the courts use to make sure that documents that uh, it's clear what, what should have happened um, but but for the mistake that those documents are corrected and that two people are not benefited by a mutual mistake uh, between the parties.
0: Is this why people get title insurance, Jeff?
1: It's one of the reasons, yes. Um, um, if, if you do discover, if, if, a, if a defect is discovered in either the title to the property or in an instrument in the title to the property, um and you do have title insurance and yeah that 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 usually falls upon the title company to fix that issue
0: this kind of sounds to me like all this kind of falls back on the closing attorney is that right
1: well it it falls back most of the time uh particularly if you're talking about a defective instrument it falls back on whoever prepared that instrument now uh, sometimes it's a closing attorney. Uh, many times instruments are prepared in-house by lenders. Uh, and unfortunately they're prepared um, in-house by people who probably aren't uh, as well-trained as they should be, and uh, don't understand the law like they should. I'll give you an example. Uh, in North Carolina, if, um, if you're married, uh, your spouse has to sign any uh, document that transfers an interest in property that you own. So let's say that a wife owns a piece of real estate by herself. Uh, she owned it before they got married. And then they she marries her husband and uh, the wife goes and takes out a loan at the bank and pledges her property, her separate property, as collateral for that loan. If they're married, the spouse, the husband has to sign that deed of trust. Uh, Spouse has a marital interest in the property. And if the spouse does not sign that deed of trust, then there is, you have a defective deed of trust, at least as to his marital interest. Uh, A lot of people that prepare documents um, in house don't understand these intricacies of the law. And um, if, if you were to have a deed of trust like that sent to me to foreclose and I discovered that the spouse did not sign the deed of trust, that's got to be fixed before you can foreclose. So um, and to, to a long answer to your question, yes, it, it usually falls upon the preparer of the document. Um, and uh, that preparer could be uh, a closing attorney, but it's not always uh, an attorney. Sometimes it is uh, in-house somebody that prepares those documents uh, for the bank, and they may not quite understand the, the intricacies of the law, and they might not get it notarized correctly. They might not get it signed correctly. They might not put the correct or the complete legal description on the property all of these things can make an instrument fake.
0: so it seems like lenders um get what they pay for sometimes is that a fair assessment
1: well it, it is it is um um i don't know how to lend money <laughs> <laughs> and um and most um people at lenders don't know how to prepare legal documents and uh that's the reason why there are bankers, and there's the reason why there are lawyers. And if Top I want enough. if I want a legal document prepared, I'm not going to go to a banker to do it. And if I if I need to somebody to talk to me about the finances and and the economy and how things work in the economy, I'm sure not going to go to a lawyer.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, any differences with quiet title actions as far as kind of how those claims originate?
1: No, same, but usually same way. Um, uh, the difference in quiet title is that usually it, it's it's an issue of 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 how documents are 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 um, recorded in what order that they might be recorded. Uh, you know, you could have, for instance, let's say that a lender. Um, is going to make a a loan to somebody uh, to purchase a house. And uh, let's say that the the deed uh, and the deed of trust are going to be recorded simultaneously with one another because the loan is being used to purchase the house. And let's say the deed and the deed of trust were prepared perfectly. No no, um, problems, no, no, no errors in either one of those documents. But let's say for some unknown reason, the deed of trust gets recorded before the deed. Um, That's a fatal flaw uh, because the deed has to be recorded first so that the person, so that the borrower owns the property so that the borrower can then give the bank a lien on the property. Uh, So let's say they get recorded in the wrong order. Uh, Then you would have to either fix that through some cooperation amongst the parties or if you find that out later years later perhaps uh, then you would have to do a quiet title action and get the court to determine uh to 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 determine the ownership and the lienholder status on that property.
0: Jeff any parting words of wisdom for our listeners on quiet title and reformation <laughs> actions and how to prevent putting yourself in that position?
1: Well um you know, just know that they can be fixed uh, most of the time. There there are certain um, defects in certain documents and in certain titles that perhaps cannot be fixed. Um, But for the most part, courts want to fix um, mistakes that are um, to to avoid one party being um, unjustly benefited uh, over another. Um, so once you discover that there is an issue, it needs to be fixed. And I have a lot of lenders that will call me up and, and send me a foreclosure, want me to do a foreclosure, I will discover that the title is it's something wrong with the title, something needs to be fixed then the loan is then brought current and the lender tells me to close the file. No, you don't need to close the file at that point. You have a defect in the title. You have a defect in your, your deed of trust, irrespective of whether the loan is in delinquent or current, that defect needs to be fixed because if the loan goes into arrears again, you're going to be dealing with this problem all over again. So, if you know that there's a defect, if you have a question about it, uh, let your attorney look at it. And if a defect is dis- discovered, spend the time and the money to get it fixed uh, because if you don't, it could you know it could jump up and bite you um, one day.
0: Well, thanks, Jeff, for being here today with us. I know I've learned a lot and I'm sure our audience has too and thanks to our audience for listening. Uh, If any lenders or title insurers want to reach out to you with questions, uh, Jeff's email is jrogers, J-R-O-G-E-R-S, at smithdubnamlaw.com. Please check out our other episodes. Uh, We have another one on real estate and foreclosure related issues. That's up from a couple months ago. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Uh, We uh, appreciate all our listeners and appreciate your support. Thanks and have a great day.